Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon. On this Tuesday afternoon, this is the COB. All the stuff you need to know in the uh, world of business and markets for another day. My name is Kyle Rodder, of course, here with Danny Akuye. And uh, Danny, it's pretty quiet out there. It's very quiet. Mm. Volumes are really, really low. I was reading an article saying we are back at January turnover levels. So, wow. Mm, I feel sorry for salespeople having having been <laughs> oh, an institutional salesperson and we had the Asian currency crisis and we lost our markets. Yeah. So literally, I still have nightmares about that because you couldn't generate any sales when everybody had left the country. Yeah, so uh, who's this world's smallest violin? Is that what we call that one? Yeah, teeny tiny one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it is a little bit quiet out there, but let's have a look at uh, where the CBO 200 close to the day, if we may. And uh, well, flat. Uh, there was a little bit of pocket, a little sort of air pocket that we hit around 130. In fact, I was just um, keeping an eye on Twitter. Um, Nikkei was off by about 1%. The ASX 200 fell slightly. Didn't seem to be on any news whatsoever, or at least anything that I could find. But nevertheless, maybe just another example of those uh, sort of thinner markets that can sometimes yeah. you know, run into situations where a little gap intraday is um, not, uh, not uncommon. Uh, let's get to the three themes, though, again, because we wouldn't want to labour the point here on a, on a day that was pretty quiet, relatively speaking. And, um, well, there is a bit of a tech revival going on. Uh, you'd be happy to know, of course, Wise Tech. Uh, rallying. I'm yes. happy that uh, Zero new, is back new. above 110. Yeah, and obviously Technology One had really good results. Yep. But WiseTech, I think, is at an all-time yeah. high. Yeah, it's amazing. So, I mean, obviously they haven't reported, but mm-hmm. last time they did have a report, it was yeah. better than expected. But clearly, maybe it's catching some love from what we're seeing with the big tech in America. Yeah, it seems to be that thematic play, doesn't it? Yeah. Some momentum behind that now. Um, it can't go another day, of course. Without talking about the um, debt ceiling and, well, you're getting some overall, we were talking about it, you know, if you look at the essence of the communications here, it seems to be really, really reasonably positive from both sides, reassurances that uh, a default, default won't occur, but of course we're getting closer and closer to the uh, so-called X date there, so naturally there's some, some jitters around the event. Yeah, jitters around, but I think, you know, uh, hedge funds or all funds are hedged up to the nines on this event. So that's why probably volumes are really low. I did see McCarthy and Biden chatting in their news conference. It was quite interesting. The journalists all went wild when they stopped talking. It was all this chirping going on. But, you know, the fact that they came out and they presented a brave face, um, you can see why Biden had to get back because the more left side of his party really grabbed control over the weekend and said, no, we're not making any concessions in the talks, you know, were being dashed on the rocks. I mean, Biden's been along around a long time. He's done a lot of negotiations. So... 
you know, I guess it really depends how much down to the wire it goes and whether or not it precipitates one of those debt downgradings that caused all the ructions in 2011. Yeah, I suppose he does have those contacts on the hill. I guess that was his uh, big selling point as, uh, as a presidential candidate. And well, we'll see if uh, that happens to serve him and I guess by extension, all of us well. Um, and uh, just finally, still growing, still going. The Australian economy, um, some data out today, again, continu- continuing to point to, well, uh, an economy that is expanding, um, yeah. even in the face of, of course, uh, increasing fears about a slowdown. And, you know, we had some consumer confidence start out today uh, as, uh, as a tradition uh, in the markets currently that's uh, well, fairly weak, uh, pessimists uh, galore. But um, we'll get across some of the sectors now. The banks uh, were actually quite positive yep. uh, for the session. Broad-based gains there in Commonwealth Bank knock, knock, knocking on the door of $100 per share once again. Yeah, Pacific Western had some good news out last night. They were selling off a chunk of their property loan book, which Mm. I think underpinned a bit of a rally in the US banking share prices. But yeah, you're right, Commonwealth Bank. Can't, can't keep it down for too long. Wouldn't seem so. We'll uh, have a look at the tech space specifically now and just some of the stocks that we were just talking about earlier. So there you go, WiseTech. We just mentioned that uh, up 0.9% and above 73 bucks a share. All-time highs. We don't have streamers, but if we did, um, I'm, I'm sure we would have deployed them. Uh, zero, also uh, back up $110 in share. And that's a pretty remarkable move considering that less than a week ago it was at about 90 bucks. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, plenty of follow through there. Even Block is catching some love um, and well, retailers, in fact, consumer stocks was where a lot of the weakness happened to be. Yep. Discretionary uh, and staples both at the bottom of the market map today. And I guess you can see some of those names reflecting that as well. I think Foot Locker had an absolute shocker in the US. So, yeah. you know, again, that the markets continue to be very, very bifurcated between those companies that can generate earnings through a slowdown and those that are being hit by, you know, really a consumer that doesn't have as much purchasing power. No, they can't buy their Air Jordans, I suppose. Um, so moving on, um, which takes us to some of the corporate news today. I feel like we've covered off a, a little bit of it. Um, those Technology One results, reasonably solid. Is that yep. one you follow follow much? I, I don't really yep. have it on my radar. Yeah, yeah. No, they look like you know good results. Apparently, mm. the dividend only up ten percent, given the extent of the earnings growth, was a little bit more subdued. But maybe they're keeping some firepower back to invest, you know, for the future. But really, saying that they are going to be resilient through a you know macroeconomic headwinds it is a favorite for a lot of investors it's been really solid i mean it it, it hasn't looked back and it's through 15 dollars now yeah and uh well in terms of the small cap space today actually we um spoke to scandal malcolm from ofx it delivered results today and um i don't know if you know this about me my actual uh, career started in foreign exchange payments, you know, have a world of foreign exchange payments and hedging. So uh, OFX was uh, a competitor of the companies that I used to work for, but used to have sort of, I guess, a bit of the inside pulse on uh, on how those businesses worked. And its shares were up, we'll probably see a little bit later on, about 20% wow. today. Uh, a lot of uh, hedging activity from corporates just to try and manage a lot of that risk yep. in the currency market because it was dead during the ZERP years. Um, but well, interest rate moves, currency moves, and that's good for, for companies like that. Last but not least, Silk Laser. Yeah. Um, another bidder coming in for yeah. a business that, well, I mean, I guess people use that stuff. I don't know. I, I, I just don't look at I, me. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not in that uh, market. But it is no. a very big market. And right. clearly, Wes Farmers, I thought it was quite strategic for them mm. to put onto their pharmaceutical acquisition. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would imagine there was a, a few cursing, you know, swear words going on. Like, what is happening? Because this is a small company that's bid for them. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so they, I don't think West Farmers will be speaking to Deutsche Bank anytime soon because I think they put the deal 
all together. Oh, there you go, Bernard Bridges. But uh, anyway, uh, stock of the day. It was Technology One, and we had a couple of familiar faces talking through it. Rudy Philippe Van Dyke from FN Arena, and of course, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Well, that's why it grows more consistently at 20%, but yeah. um, I guess it's up there. Um, if anyone is interested, yes, I'm a shareholder, I've been for a very long time. Uh, yeah. we've, we've talked about this stock for so many times. Yep. Uh, best thing I can say is um, buy them when they're temporarily out of favor and just hold, hold, hold. It's, it's very much a strong hold here. If you've got it, you wouldn't sell it. Uh, if you haven't got it, you just need an opportunity to try and get yep. set or, as Rudy rightly says, nibble away. So uh, maybe if it drops back towards sort of 15, 14, 50, 15 bucks, uh, that is the, your chance to start. There you go. A solid hold there from, from both gentlemen. I thought it was a strong hold or a solid hold, as you say. Yeah, yeah exactly. An emphatic, <laughs> emphatic hold. And, uh, you know, you talk about opportunities. It's, uh, I think a few investors may have had one a couple of weeks ago when they had that um, uh, uh, cyber security issue. It didn't really dip that much. Not it enough? No, it went on to $15. Blink and you miss it. Oh, really? You've got to be quick these days, yeah. don't you? Okay, well... Uh, Let's push on and get to our guest for the afternoon. We welcome to the COB, Martin Crabbe from Shore and Partners. Martin, uh, great to have your company. Good to be here. It's, um, I don't know, it's tough to kind of find a, a, a big talking point from the day's trade because it is well, relatively quiet out there at the moment. Oh, it's dead. Like uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the old sailing ships used to come around the Cape of Good Hope and then hit the doldrums. <laughs> there is no wind. And so you just sit there listlessly waiting for something to happen. That's what the market was like today. That chart you had up before of the SIBO, I think it was a four-point trading range all day. Mm. So we're all watching the screens to see if there's any movement in the in the mini futures in, in the US just to see if there's some something going to some, come out. Some life. Yeah, and because you kind of watch that. And if that starts to move, you, you know there's something happening. Because obviously what I think the negotiation over the debt ceiling will probably get resolved in our time zone. So it'll be... It'll be interesting from a market perspective. So everyone's watching that. And of course, nothing new to report. As you said, lots of smiles, but no real progress. And so we're just sitting for waiting, waiting for something to happen. So volumes are way down. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough out there on the, on the sales desks. Mm-hmm. What about um, Jamie Dimon making those comments overnight that uh, beware shareholders, you know, interest rates have the potential to go a lot higher. He even, you know, said six, maybe 7%. Is this just diamond jawboning, trying to, you know, put everybody back in their boxes? Or do you think that he feels there's a genuine risk that sticky inflation yeah, is there I mean, and he, the Fed might have I was to at a conference going. where Jamie Diamond spoke in 2018 and he was talking about interest rates going to 5 or 6% then. You know, they went to zero and <laughs> stayed there for three years. And so, look, he, he's, he's just... Uh, um, a student of history and he looks at long-term inflation targetings too and you put in a bit of a risk premium um, you know for inflation and you're starting getting up to four or five percent bond yields and when the central banks are tightening they need positive real interest rates and so you need to get you need to get up five six seven uh, to get on, on top of inflation so that's kind of his reading of history um, and also he's running the biggest most conservative bank in America that is, if there is such a thing as a beneficiary of everyone else going to hell in a handbasket, then that's them. Like they'll 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 be bailing bailing out banks at the bottom of the cycle as they normally do. So there's an element of that kind of tongue in cheek stuff. But 
when I think I think it's prudent what he's saying. Like if you're stepping into the housing market and you want to take out a loan, think about rates going another two percent higher than here. And if you can stand that, then you know our regulator forces the banks to do that assessment anyway. Maybe he's just saying that to people in the states. Is don't get carried away. We're not at the end of the hiking cycle yet, and we could go higher. And we don't know how far we need to go to stop this dragon. Um, but you need to be prepared for the worst. And I think that's prudent for him to say that. Well, let's get uh, a look at the futures now. Um, first, starting with uh, Aussie interest rate futures, mm. because I mean, almost the diametrical opposite of uh, what uh, Diamond's saying here, which is, well, cuts potentially by the, the back end of this year. And of course, we'll get some more colouring from the US perspective as well, because we have yeah. FOMC minutes this week. Yeah, yeah. So the, the market is moving away from cuts in Australia. So it's relatively flat. There's about 30 basis points in between the SEP 23 futures and the June 24 futures. So there's one and a bit. So after the, the probability of a hike sometime in the next couple of months, as we get the, um, the real, uh, as we get the minimum wage decision coming out, as we get another lot of CPI in the next couple of weeks, um, the market's saying, okay, maybe the RBA goes, maybe goes up, maybe it doesn't. But this kind of whole narrative of goes up and then it comes straight back down again, which is what the market was pricing in, you know, a few weeks ago. And certainly back in March, it was pricing that. It was pricing in cuts like now. We've moved away from that. Now everyone's just saying higher for longer. So we're going to get to 385 to 4. So the next move is 4.1, you can see on the chart. So mm-hmm. somewhere between 385 and 4.1, and we'll stay there all, all this year. And then maybe into next year, things start to come down again. Mm-hmm. We're still of the view there's another 25 points in this, probably in July. But also that's probably over tightening and they'll have to cut aggressively, maybe mm-hmm. 1% next year. That's kind of how we're seeing it at the moment. It kind of seems to be the theme, doesn't it? It's like if it is proving to be stickier inflation and they have to go harder, well, the harder they go up, then the harder everything eventually will come crumbling down. I mean, we've talked many a time about um, how some segments of the community are just not even blinking. No debt. They're loving the fact that interest rates going up. So maybe it takes some breakage of asset prices to pull their heads in. I don't know how you're seeing the dynamics, Mark. Yeah, I, th- I think of- it's I think it's more cash flow, Danny. I think it's like everyone's employed, everyone's got a job. There's a little bit of wage rise coming through. There's still all the money in bank accounts from the mm. COVID relief. It's still three trillion excess savings in America, even though they're spending like crazy. So there's still a lot of cash out there. So I think it's more about you need to change the cash flow for families. So. You need one of one of them to lose their job, and then and then then behaviour changes. I think asset prices just don't turn the dial. So you know anyone who owns a house in Sydney has probably seen it fall fifteen percent in value. If you look at the Core Logic Index, so has that stopped anyone? Certainly Saturday night in Sydney, you couldn't get a table at a restaurant. A few of my colleagues were out last night. Monday's normally a dead night. The restaurant they were at was packed on a Monday night. So there's still lots of cash being splashed around, Danny. So I think what's going to change that is not asset price deflation, it's cash flow. We need, well, we don't need, no one needs unemployment, but to change that, that narrative and change that behaviour, people start to have to be worried about their job. And mm. that's when they change the behaviour. Let's get to the PMI survey that we did get today because it doesn't typically move markets, but you know we are speaking a lot about well persistent services, uh, strength in services activity. Yeah, we'll see if we can get that chart up now by any chance, just on the screen, so we can speak to it. Um, this is manufacturing in particular in contraction. Yeah, uh, even uh, speak to this and also obviously as well, just perhaps in that resilience uh, that you kind of touched on there when it comes to the services sector. Yeah, so Australia is almost non-existent manufacturing sector, right? <laughs> there's, no, there's not a lot out there, right. but what is there? Participate in this ComBank survey. 
and it's 48 for the month of April. So it's down, not only down below 100, importantly, directionally, it's lower. So we've been contracting from you know pretty, pretty strong levels for over 12 months now. And, and that's a relatively long contraction as far as these things go, but no sign of that changing at all. I think, I think manufacturing is just getting tougher and tougher. The, as you said, though, the, the key to Australia, the Australian economy and most other developed economies is not this sector, it's services. So mm. services like us going out to, to grab a beer after work or going to a restaurant or theatre or going to watch Collingwood win yet another <laughs> AFL game, that comes up in the services sector. Um, so that doesn't show here. So we'll probably get services. I think Judo Bank now does the services index. I think they'll probably yeah. put that out tomorrow. Ours today, I think it was. Was it yeah, uh, yeah, today? Yeah. yeah, so I didn't look at that. But certainly manufacturing activity and earnings um, revisions do go hand in hand. So this is a better indicator to look at in terms of the direction of the market because services doesn't get revised that much. But this is suggesting that the delta for earnings growth in Australia is negative. Mm. So we'll see start to see earnings downgrades. Mm. But travel. I mean, people just still can't get enough of it, can't can they? Enough. I mean, you know, Qantas is, is not shy in coming forward with charging like a wounded bull. Yeah. And, well, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I know. you know, it's you only get... It's going down every two weeks. It's like killing me. You it's get, eight grand on airfares last year. You get pinged if you, if you change your flights. But yet, everyone just... Cont- I mean, I was down at a certain affluent suburb and they said it's getting quieter. Everyone's going to Europe. There's a lot <laughs> so, of that. So, yeah. I mean, like, I'll let you, you know... Yeah, yeah. Like, at what, what point, again, maybe it is that case of, you know, unemployment has to rise and maybe people eventually have enough of yeah. you know this travel frenzy yeah well there's it's difficult to separate the structural from the cyclical with this stuff isn't it danny because it's a bit like you know office vacancy levels what's normal in a post-covid yeah. world so you know a lot a lot of people who aussies love traveling like 20 million in it 30 million in and out every year in a country that's got 25 million people in it right so in and out <laughs> in and out all the time um, and we couldn't do that as that chart. We couldn't do it for, for two or three years. So Still part of us have got this revenge travel thing. So this, this is Sydney Airport's 12-month, rolling 12-month travel numbers. And Qantas talked to this today as well. Their, their forward bookings are 23% above where they were pre-COVID. Wow. So their bookings are suggesting that we go above 30 million domestic trips and above 20 million international trips at Sydney Airport. So let alone all the other airports put together. So we're still two-thirds of where we were pre-COVID on an annualised basis in Sydney. So, yeah, if you take the Qantas experience, then that's why this sector is red hot. Like, we're like Hello World. It's had a huge run. Mm. There's something as Triple Flight Centre, which is one of the, still one of the most shorted stocks in the market. Mm. Those shorts must be really feeling the pain. Webjet report their results tomorrow, so mm. that'll be really interesting. But this sector is red hot. I think it feels crowded because everyone else is looking at the same charts we're looking at and yeah. going, they're already there. And it kind of feel like if you're going in now, you might be the last, the last person on the. In the <laughs> remember the aeroplane game? Remember that? You might be the last person in the aeroplane game. But, but the sector is definitely red hot, and it doesn't look like slowing down. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. Well, it's interesting dynamic, and uh, well, hopefully we, uh, the three of us, uh, are a part of that. Was, was it thirty thousand, thirty million, or whatever it's going to be over the next twelve months? That's right. I wouldn't mind getting out a little bit, but um, I'll let you get out fairly soon, Martin Crabb. Thank you so much for your time, Martin Crabb. Thank Crabbe you, there Martin. Thanks, Danny. Okie dokie. Uh, let's. Oh, have what a look is now. on overnight? More debt ceiling? Yeah, let's. Okay, well, like, yeah, we're going straight to, to what's on it overnight, uh, it would seem. And uh, yeah, well, more debt ceiling. Uh, we'll get more of yep. the, um, I guess, noise from, from Washington. But uh, we finish off with some. 
global PMI data. Yep. So probably be a bit more interested in the US and European situation, yep. US in particular, because uh, clearly it's been expressed by Jay Powell and uh, and the team that they're really targeting um, that area of the economy to try and well take some heat out of it to yep. say the least. Um, a few other interesting points there as well. Uh, but before tomorrow, um, well, we'll have uh, a fairly big event in our corner of the globe with the RBNZ decision. Expect mm-hmm. to go 25 basis points again. Wow, they are really copying it over there, aren't they? Yeah, it seems They're to be a little bit of a, um, uh, I guess, a juxtaposition across the Tasman mm. there of, of two ways to try and handle monetary policy, which is yep. one is the whole sort of kind of um, level it and build it back up approach potentially. Yep. Well, I guess if you wanted to buy, you know, New Zealand property, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> hadn't hadn't thought about it. So, um, do they do 100% mortgages, 105% maybe <laughs> back in back in the day? Apparently, anyway, um, there you go. Let's get to the leaders in Lagarde, shall we? Starting with the leaders, and uh, well, we've already covered off a few of them, mm-hmm. uh, but here we are. Uh, block. Block. There you go. You know, it's uh, a punter's market when you've got Block rising four and a half percent on no news. Um, but Paladin, try to find some stuff on on nuclear. Uh, nuclear. Someone's <laughs> going to slap me down. The only time anyone's ever reached out to me publicly yeah. is when I stuffed up the pronunciation of nuclear on Kelly. So. <laughs> Got to be really careful. Um, but nevertheless, there we go. Um, Paladin doing fairly well today. New Hope's It does bounce around a lot, though, doesn't Paladin? It's very much be your trading oh, you stock. It's like Twitter, new, uh, uh, Uranium Twitter, right? They're just, they're, I've never been onto Uranium Twitter. I'll oh, have, to, have to seek it out. <laughs> go seek it out. Go have fun with that. It's, uh, they're, they're, they're good people, but uh, they're a, a passionate bunch, um, and especially when it comes to, obviously, the, uh, the case for nuclear energy. Uh, Tealix as well, up uh, another 3%. Yep, One way traffic the, for that thing. The AGM, I think, is later on this week. And Tabcor, I think it was, oh, Morgan Stanley or Macquarie that upgraded yeah. that one. They've got their Victorian contract coming up oh. and said that really it would be very earnings accretive should they get it um, reaffirmed in the middle of the year. But if they don't, they will just transfer to digital. So it would be net neutral. But they did upgrade it to a buy. Bye. There you go for Tabcorp. Um, let's get to the laggards now and across the screen, well, Brainship Holdings. That's just, Brainship goes up, Brainship goes down. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's sort of a, that's a very astute name. comment, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's the thing though. For something that's called Brainship, it, it exhibits very little rationality when it comes to its share price. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was up by 10% yesterday, down 18% today. Um, a bit of gold there on your screen. As you can see, West African Resources, a higher beta play on, yep. on the gold space, I guess you could say, down 4.4%. Elders in the wars. The elders um, is in the wars, isn't it? One yeah. would start to say at some point it must become, uh, you know, some value must emerge at some stage. Well, we kind of looked. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a simple kind of guy, as, as we're all aware, and I just sort of look at the charts, and it has that kind of like, you know, reeking of capitulation, you know what I mean, where just totally. the final sellers have just given out. I mean, yeah. it dropped huge amounts last week, really looked last quite oversold. Weeks. Yeah, and, yeah. and you could even see it today when it slips below $7, there was a few... Uh, well, in the in the crypto community, they call them paper hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you either have diamond hands or paper hands. So paper oh, hands, if you don't hold you. it very strong, you know, and you, yeah. you, you sell it. Whoop, paper hands, yeah. So anyway, um, there you go. And uh, well, Sonic Healthcare, Perseus, here we go. This is the best part. Small caps. Let's see what's on the screen there. Anyone we know? Oh, oh, OFX. OFX. We've yep. already spoken about that one. Good right results. in my wheelhouse is, uh, again, X. A sales dealer at a, at, a, at a currency joint, but Zipco actually bouncing back. Can up only think that those regulations that the government's bringing in is is really you know too much of a light touch. You're seeing some of those companies rallying, and obviously Silk they got a higher offer. 
much yeah. to the chagrin of, um, uh, yeah, what's Rob, what's his name? Rob for Wes Farmers, the CEO, I've just forgotten it. Yeah, Rob too. Scott, is it? Rob Scott, yeah, mm. there you go. Um, we are three out of five today. We should get a prize for that <laughs> on uh, Small Cap Bingo. Um, and let's go to the laggards now. Um, my own... Oh, Serco. Serco. You spoke to Serco. Was it Serco you spoke to last yep, time? Yep, yep, yep. No, they had... Um, well, they've obviously been sold down a huge amount because of COVID and the lockdowns yep. and rising interest rates. They had good results. They rallied quite hard. So clearly some uh, shareholders that have maybe been in there for a while deciding to take some profits on that one. Yeah. AB Jennings, you don't see that very often, do you? The home builder. Yeah, down Gosh, 6%. 39 cents. Oh, I remember when that was a big company. Oh, wow. Long we'll, time. Uh, we'll eulogise that one off here, perhaps. Um, I like the Dreadnought as well because it sounds like a metal band. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's the small caps for you. And um, well, Danny, that pretty much wraps us up. A bit of a quiet day. We sort of, again, yeah. wait for a breakthrough perhaps on the debt ceiling talks. But for the time being, we tread water. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Exactly. Well, if you want to catch up, there was some really good interviews and views uh, given throughout the day. It'll be on your website and app. You can catch up on those tonight. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.